Whiskey Bikini. Whiskey Bikini. Whiskey Bikini. Whiskey Bikini. Welcome to the Whiskey Bikini Suspense Show. <laughs> Welcome to the new episode of the Whiskey Bikini Podcast, or the Whiskey Bikini Suspense Show. <laughs> I'm James, and yeah, this is a, we're a regular podcast covering the wild, the weird, the crazier side of the horror genre. Suspense, the supernatural, the sinister, and everything in between. We're coming at you from the East and the West. We've got Asian horror, Western horror, a lot about the Hong Kong film industry in particular. Uh, we're also talking a lot about working in the film industry and subjects like the paranormal, black magic, gong tao, and of course, drinking. All the things which make up Whiskey Bikini. We're going, we're going out around the world on all the major podcast channels, iTunes, Google, the Spotify. We're on all the social medias like the Instagram, the Facebook and everything. So just follow us, subscribe, etc. And, you know, stay up to date because your life depends on it. So. <laughs> okay, so for this episode, this is the the first and what's going to be a regular series of episodes exploring working in the film industry uh, and we're going to have some pretty interesting guests uh, directors filmmakers from the east and the west talking about their experiences uh, especially in terms of working in the genre and working on sort of low budget films and yeah stuff which is going to be useful as well as fun and so for the first one of these i got a right fancy treat for you uh, which is coming at you live um no, <laughs> not really live but coming at you from italy it's, uh, you know, my good friend Kia, who's the writer, director, star, co-producer. Oh, my God. <laughs> editor as well, colorist. A colorist, colorist, not Colorist, colorist. Okay. Uh, of the old Hi, civilian. <laughs> oh, hi everyone thank you very much for having me I'm really excited about this and uh, yes i'm all those things and it sounds so pretentious but yes and there is a reason for it and the reason was budget <laughs> i was okay. gonna say yes pretty pretty straightforward pretty straightforward reason for it but um <laughs> but yeah this, this, the short's called the old civilian uh which was shot yes. in london end of 2019 and recently finished the long post-production project just process just because of covid yes that like took that. forever uh, i mean it already took us forever to do remember like to just pre for with the whole pre-production that took mm, us mm, mm. some time but we got it done what really took us forever was the post-production the editing yeah. process uh took some time and that wasn't badly but then right at the end of our mm, picture mm, lock mm. that's when the pandemic started and uh, we had to yeah had to go back to italy for some time which ended up being a long time mm. um, was able to do the the um, sound mix and sound editing online but for mm. the color grading you need to have the calibrated monitor mm, so mm, for mm. a long longest time i looked for a color grader in italy didn't have any luck eventually i said screw it i'll just do it myself uh, i don't know if i can <laughs> curse here so i just uh, screw you, it. You, you can curse freely i don't mind Oh, sweet. Okay, then, yeah, but uh, <laughs> that was it. So color graded and it turned out, thankfully, uh, really well. Like we're getting mm -hmm. some good responses, even from festivals. And uh, yeah, they, but it took some time. I was uh, by the end of it. I got to say, I was so sick of this film. And then <laughs> having a doubt, now, now having it like going around and getting some positive responses and mm -hmm. people are, are yeah, I was, yeah are actually responding positively to it it's it makes it all worth it it was, it was cool yeah that's a plus well i mean that's it you've kind of just summed up the whole experience there so let's uh you kind of skipped all the way through i had my structure planned out with post-production at the end so you're going to skip through that part but <laughs> oh okay <laughs> sorry no, no, no i'm just joking i'm just okay, okay. i'm just joking man that, that's cool um <laughs> but yeah we're going to talk a bit about the we'll talk a bit about the development process the the horror of financing and basically oh yes just give the perspectives of uh working on this kind of uh you know low budget sort of short film and especially things like cast crew everything so we'll go through the whole process and everything like that and then yeah the big question at the end since we don't talk about post-production now what next 
everything. So we'll, we'll go through all of that stuff and everything. But Sweet. Okay, yeah. I will try not to jump too much ahead then. Oh, you can jump around, man. It's fine. <laughs> but I would, I mean, I would say that um, it is uh, probably the best produced short film I've seen. I think you must have had some very good producers working on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the best ones. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I got to say, yeah, I mean, it was produced by Kia and myself, so there, <laughs> so there is a slight uh, clash of vested interest there. But yeah, do you want to? I mean, do you want to say a bit about the inspiration for the film? A little bit about the plot and everything. Oh yes, okay. Thank you. Great question. Actually, this is going to take us like the whole podcast time. Uh, no, I'm I'm going to try to make it as Very brief, short. exactly as brief as possible. Elevator, uh, elevator pitch it. <laughs> The, it all started actually like long, long time ago. You know, it all started with uh, the with the feature film script I wrote. I, I and and there was a reason behind that whole feature film script. I mean, I always wanted to write a script. This was the second one I wrote, and uh, it had to have elements that I that I personally love and feel drawn to, and that was. Um, locked room murder mystery mm. with foreigners in a foreign land because that's how i am i mm. live in london and then uh with maybe some noir sensitivities and this is how the pro the project for the feature film came to be mm. it had to have this japanese protagonist kaori this woman who is very peculiar a great observer quiet woman but just sharp and uh, uh, and just has a different uh, has a, an interesting view on on people and uh, the way the way yes, she relates with them, and uh, she always had this dream of being a private detective, which is weird. And yeah. what's even weirder is that she ended up living in London and trying to live her dream there. And obviously, that didn't work out so well. And uh, then. Well, she had to find other ways to earn a living uh, while trying to open up her office again. Mm -hmm. Well, this was the inspiration for the, for the feature film, which then took about three or four years to write. And uh, it always starts with the first draft, like Hemingway said, all first drafts are shit. Mine was worse than shit. I think <laughs> I, read, I wrote that one and... And like somebody must have called me and they were just like, you got to stop writing, man. This is not for you. <laughs> so, so I, I was like, well, okay. That, no, I, then I persisted through. I, I wrote it to, to be honest, like after the first draft, it took me four other drafts of that first draft to pretty much to arrive to what I would call the second draft, which was a, which was a slightly different story. Mm. So with the same characters and all that. And even that one already got better. <laughs> and then I started, I started showing it around to some people and I'm getting some now positive responses other than, you know, kill yourself. And then <laughs> finally, I write the last draft and that was, and that was the final one that you, that you have read as well. Mm -hmm. That took us some time and sometimes you still think about, okay, I'm going to add this here, I'm going to add mm -hmm. that there. Anyway, well, wrote the first, the feature film, obviously, as a first time director, just fresh out of, I mean, dro freshly dropped out of film school, um, I had to I had to find ways to turn it into into being, and obviously, feature film is very hard to do it mm. uh, financially. And uh, the idea came up to write this sh to write a short film that then we would use as proof of concept mm -hmm. to to convince investors to yeah. finance our yeah. feature film. Mm -hmm. that's how it, it all came to be and the story the actually the inspiration for the story in the short film which isn't at all close to what the, the feature film is going to be it just mm -hmm. introduces the two main characters and a mm -hmm. bit the tones and the dynamics you're going to see in the feature film mm -hmm. uh, the, the idea of the short film actually came from an article that i had read a few years ago and i always thought this was going this could be a great idea for a short film and uh, this article talked about this lady who would uh, would go would come back home one night and uh, and would have would see her uh, would see somebody. Okay, well let let me start again. Sorry. Uh, so it, it was about 
a man hiring another a guy to kill his own wife. Mm. And then the wife would kill the assailant. Uh, and I th- always thought it was so fascinating and uh, mm. that would make for a great short film. I didn't think a feature film come, could come out of it, but a, a, a nicely tight short film that uh, I thought it was great. And I thought, well, what if we introduce these two quirky, very human characters of Kaori and her colleague Darish mm. from the feature film into the story? And that's how the short film came to be and wrote it down. Uh, we got, uh, we got, uh, and then we got Nate. And that was it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're pointing out that you play Darius in the film. As exactly, well, yes. We'll, we'll talk a bit more with... about that during the, when we talk about the shoot stuff. But, and then, yeah, I, I came on board and I still, it, it was, I still couldn't 100% figure out how, or exactly how and why we got, we ended up getting in touch with each other because the person, uh, my friend Victor, who said, emailed me and put me in touch with you then later said he forgot about it and he didn't he denied it happened everything so and then it turned out he know he knew the cinematographer uh hong exactly hong. So yeah it was a strange yeah. a strange and twisted web <laughs> it, it was it, it just it came to be because i had the first true producers mm. i uh well i got in contact with uh, actually the the film even before you came on board mm-hmm. it was in pre-production for six months yeah, I got yeah. this first producer who, uh, one month pa- who kind of like fed me lies for one month, mm. and then at the last minute he dropped out of the project. Uh, that was annoying, but I'm mm. unfortunately when, you know, when you are at the level that we are in in filmmaking mm. at the bottom of the food chain, <laughs> you find an ocean of time wasters yeah. and just a very few gems. One of these gems. Uh, was uh, exactly my my cinematographer who after yeah. i i lost my second producer who's actually a friend of mine she's she's a great person but she was she was doing me a favor and mm-hmm. she was producing she she said okay i'll produce this film for you for a little bit while, but i'm also doing another project at the same time and yeah. if the project ever calls for my full attention i'll have to give that priority yeah. Yeah. and i was like no problem and that's that's how she actually left the project. And uh, afterwards, my, my good friend and cinematographer, Hong Chang, uh, who lives in Hong Kong, and a uh, great man, great teacher, by the way, he said, I know this guy, Victor. He, uh, he is connected to a f- the film scene. Mm-hmm. He might have somebody that you can contact with. And I contacted Victor. Victor answered me with uh, <laughs> your name. And I, I wrote, I wrote you, and that was, and that how the partnership ended. Was so lucky, still very grateful. But, you know, wouldn't have been able to do it without your help. It was amazing. That's but that's that's how it came to be. And uh, it took us a long time. And mm-hmm. at least I remember, like, I mean, this we can talk more about this later on. But I think, I mean, maybe it's only for me. But I maybe all other people have felt the same when you are doing this kind of projects. At least once a month, I thought, I'm going to drop everything and go to Japan, become a monk, for sure. <laughs> like, I'm just, you know, why am I doing yeah. this to myself? And then every time, every time you like, you spend one night thinking, ah, oh, this mm. is just dumb. I shouldn't be doing this. Come on. <laughs> uh, and then, and then the next day comes up and you're like, no, actually, I want to say something. I have a story to, say, to tell. And I think it's going to be a great, uh, great story. And I think, the feature film can become something great. And I really believe that uh, the filmmaking industry and uh, environment needs fresh blood with fresh new ideas like yours and I, so, and mine. So that's how you carry forward and thankfully got you as a producer. And that was it. Yeah, I mean, it is a, I mean the, one of the, I mean, talking, moving on to talk about pre-production and stuff, but I think one of the most important and most difficult parts of it was the budgeting side. Um, yes. And as you said with your former producer, um, there's this balancing act, which is really difficult, which is, you know, getting people on board who you pay and getting other people on board who you'd love to pay. But, you know, you, the budget doesn't stretch to covering all of these people and everything. And while we were very lucky with um, a, a lot of, especially with your own contacts and stuff like that, some people who were able to work um, 
there's always this extra worry than in stress that if something else comes up which is paying or something else comes up which is you know more formal for them that there's nothing much you can really do about it uh, people are kind of dropping out and everything and that's why you know going through so many different versions of the budget working out all the um the crew uh side of it was uh i think that's one of the toughest parts of the the pre-production process for it because even and i think for I think for other sort of short film producers or low budget filmmakers and stuff, uh, even if you think to yourself, oh, I'm getting this person, you know, for better or worse, you're getting this person for free. You're not really, because you still have to factor in transport costs, food costs, et cetera. Yes. There's, there's always so many of these little little costs. Uh, and it's surprising how much the budget starts getting eaten up and everything with that kind of thing. And that, that, that's something I think for, you know, for anyone who's, who's tackling this kind of project as well, is you, you really need to, the amount of the kind of things which sound kind of mundane or bland, like food, transport, insurance, or everything like that, that takes up a huge amount of your time and your thought process, you know? It's true, I agree. And the only suggestion I can give, if I could, I mean, I'm in no position to give anybody suggestions. I'm still, <laughs> still growing. <laughs> but oh. if I could give one thing that I took away from this whole experience, Every time you think you got the budget down to a T, factor yeah. in a couple of thousand pounds Absolutely. more. At yeah, least. yeah, yeah, completely, completely agree. You, you, you have, you know, before like, um, and some other things which I've been working on with people and stuff. That people are, oh no, no, no forget the contingency in the budget. Forget that five percent. Like, no, you, you can't forget that five percent, or it'll end up coming out of your own pocket. Even, exactly, even yeah. stupid, stupid stuff like, oh, today the actress is late. She needs a taxi. You know, and that has to be in there. And it's just silly to go to people and tell them, or just even telling to yourself, yeah, I'll be able to do it with this amount of money. And then yeah. you end, you put yourself in a corner where if you don't have that money, all of a sudden the film is shutting down. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, well, you know, I, I thought I could just do it with uh, goodwill. And that, no, it just doesn't work. Just you, everything is done in the pre-production. We've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. The, you know, the bulletproof, pre-production budgeting we did beforehand mm -hmm. uh, we wouldn't have been able to make this film just just costing i remember like i was thinking uh something that i had never thought about apart from the catering i mm -hmm. uh, apart from that it was the transportation yeah i did not absolutely. think that would cost yeah. that much moving around the equipment and moving mm -hmm. around just people it's just you have to factor it in because especially if people are working for you for free, they're doing you favors. Yeah. You cannot just tell them, yeah, you know, use your money to go to this location, that location, exactly. you know, that yeah. they're going to hate you. And then they're going to work badly on, 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 on your set. And then you, you probably won't have them working for with you in your next project. And, and yeah, also you're going to create a bad reputation for yourself and come mm -hmm. on, just have some respect for your crew. They're doing Completely. you a favor, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The money in. Uh, and, and I mean, one of the other uh, things we spent a long time on, obviously, as well, was locations um, as well, mm -hmm. both because realistically, you know, we couldn't, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this who are, you know, interested in low budget filmmaking and stuff, like the, the amount of money it actually costs to hire a location professionally is huge. I mean, that, that would just yeah. kill, absolutely kill your budget. But then you have to, like you're saying, the transport side of it uh, as well, like actually how you schedule in. You know, it's, you have to think about schedules for cast and crew as well. Like, it's not that you have them for 12 hours a day. It's that you figure how long they take to get there, how long, where the nearest place for lunch is, what are you going to do with the equipment overnight? Do you have to take it away again? Uh, where's the next location? Are you doing more than one location in a day? And that's where, it's again, that, that's where so much of this work has to go into it before. Um, and that's why, you, you know, when we were working on this as well, like, you obviously, you're the writer, director, uh, one of the stars and stuff like that. But the amount the sort of blurring of roles with the production with the you know a producer role like looking at this like location scouting you know obviously yes. we didn't have a casting director <laughs> anything so it, it's and i think people that, that's probably one of the biggest sort of pieces um biggest takeaway or experiences from this was just how how much then you could the the role of producer actually covers pretty much everything even like accounting setting up a, a limited company or all that fun we had going to the bank <laughs> yeah me so meetings with the, people the whole and stuff, day like. they wasted us yeah oh my god that's right yeah. uh because you didn't have the right address proof because it was a printed yeah. bank statement not a one cent and then they, they never got back to me like give me all your bank yeah. statements i was like okay and then i spent the whole day uh, doing that and then yeah whatever that was that was annoying but whatever. so much time goes into that stuff though and that's what you really really need to think about whether and this is just for a short film as well so for people who are looking at shorts low budget features anything mm -hmm. like that 
Um, I think that's one of the most valuable experiences I got from this as well, which is now I'm much more, much more realistic about how much work actually goes into that side of pre-production, you know? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I agree with also, uh, this is more, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a self-help book, but just keeping a very positive mindset all the way through. Or, or a bloody-minded and stubborn mindset. Like, yeah, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Like a, a, a mix of the two. I, I always thought to myself, I got a warfare mentality. Like, I got, yeah. I just got to keep on going no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I get very aggressive about it. I, I get uh, angry with myself. Like, come you on, get, man, what, you piece of shit. Keep doing this, film. I, I did but, see you slapping yourself a lot. Like, ah, come on, kid. Come on, kid. <laughs> <laughs> come on man. But yeah, so it just... <laughs> Come on, you can do this. But so yeah, you gotta have like that kind of that mindset at all costs, otherwise down mm. the road you're gonna be wandering. Because yeah, as I said before, like there is gonna be times I for me it was at least once a month where mm. I would be thinking seriously, you know, uh just how about dropping everything? I mean, I read <laughs> I read like a few a few weeks ago, I read this quote by Nietzsche saying, uh the, that suicide brings you so much comfort in your in your hard nights. <laughs> and I, That's a cheerful and that was, one. And exactly, but I thought, I thought, I mean, it sounds so dark, but man, mm -hmm. throwing myself out the window has never looked and sounded <laughs> so appealing than when I was when I was going through the pre-production, thinking, oh man what are we going to do with the money? And then you have, you know, crew members that because yeah. also another thing you have to factor yeah. in is that since you're not paying them and they're doing you a favor, mm -hmm. they're going to, some of them, they're going to drop out at some point. Like yeah, you cannot, yeah, absolutely. you cannot hope you're going to, you're going to ask people and sorry, the, the same people that, they, that have told you yes yeah. at the beginning of the project will be the people turning up on set. You have also to factor that and yeah, yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah, have absolutely. one problem after the other. A positive mindset and uh, all jokes aside, now just a very positive, a very stubborn mindset mm. is is key. With, with part of yeah. all that uh, uh, preparation, preparation, yeah. But and, and the willingness just to go into this kind of the nitty gritty, the small details. Like you know, we we were quite fortunate. Um, not well, not fortunate as in lucky, but you know, with our locations and stuff because they weren't too far mm -hmm. apart. So we had a good shooting schedule then, uh, which meant that we could leave equipment. Uh, and you know, like well, in my flat and stuff. <laughs> Luckily, my girlfriend went away for a while, which was useful because she probably would have not been massively happy on the first day when she saw us turning up with all the lighting equipment and oh, everything, man, which was just insane. so much. Yeah. Honestly, that that was that was a stressful one for me. Just suddenly seeing how much stuff there actually was because I, I was waiting at my flat when you guys were picking up with the, the the hired van and stuff, and I was thinking, yeah, okay, it's probably not that much stuff, and then the first load comes up in the lift and I'm like, oh, okay, that's a lot. And then how many more of those? Four or five <laughs> Six more loads slides. to go. Yeah. Jesus, there was so much stuff there. But but you have to, that's a, that's a really key thing to think about. It's just where you're going to put all that stuff. You know, because you, if you have to transport that back and forth at night, you're going to, you'll lose so much of your time. Uh, and we were lucky, that, you know, in the script, there was no exteriors either. So that, that, that was, was written on purpose. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, and, and absolutely, yeah. that's what I was going to say. I knew from the beginning that, if you we, because we also had a limited time that's another mm. thing always yeah, yeah. We, you never have enough time mm -hmm. especially especially because lots of production uh, lots of um, renting companies for mm -hmm. the equipment they give mm -hmm. you very good prices if you keep it under a week yes that's right so yeah. we had to keep it in like we did the shooting for five days plus the two days that it took us for uh, carrying the, the equipment around and all mm -hmm. that uh, that that has to be factored in. So I I always knew I'm never gonna have sound exterior sound. I don't want to yeah. spend one like five days trying to get sound and waiting for airplanes to pass and all that. So that yeah, and and also just everything choice. else that comes because obviously for this kind of low budget stuff. I mean, one of the I mean on some other things which I've um, you, you know worked on I, the amount of people who still say it's it's okay you can just shoot guerrilla style on the street. Don't get a permit. Don't worry about it. But then you have absolutely zero control over anything. I mean, I mean, technically you could get a small crew go and shoot on the street and it's not to say don't, I guess, but the, the level of stress that adds to it, if you, you know you don't have a permit, you can't stop it. If anyone wants to wander into your shot, if anything can happen, or you can have somebody like coming, moving you on and you don't have a permit. I mean, that would, that's too much stress.
my take on it actually on all this because I, I agree with all you're saying is my my take is if you that you can do everything you want mm. you just first of all if you're having a budget you need to factor in uh, that you yeah you need to be prepared like you can do anything that you want but guerrilla style for example is when you have no budget and you have nothing to lose but if yeah. you already have money to lose once again <laughs> planning is key just because yeah. guerrilla style you you might do one shot but then if you have to take it then your continuity is screwed and yeah, all of a sudden exactly. you're thinking what the hell are we, are we doing here that's it's always the thing it's just you got it you can do whatever you want but you need to be prepared to do that that thing you cannot yeah, just plan b plan c in. plan d everything you gotta exactly have all that, you know you just need to know what you're doing as usual is if you want to do guerrilla style you need to be a very because direct great directors have done that before but you need yeah, to know yeah. what you're doing not just not just okay we're gonna shoot and then let's hope it goes well which in is the, the post-production and i think that's exactly i mean what you're saying there like uh, a lot of people still whether it's like naively or kind of romantically still have the idea of you know we'll just we'll just go with it we'll see what happens everything like that and it most of the you might get lucky but most of the time especially if you you have your schedule you've only got one day you have to get this shot in and then something goes wrong because you don't have the right permit or airplane or cars are around or somebody else is filming there then you're, you're pretty screwed if that exactly. kind of thing comes up so plan 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 keep planning you know and, and um also I, I would also add to that thing if if there are if, if there are like uh first time filmmakers out there listening um you need to factor in the stress that you will feel the first mm. time you're on set if oh, you yes. don't have yeah. if you if you're not you know if you don't have a long experience the, working with sets and on mm. sets mm. as a director everything you know the first day is always scary and uh or the first experiences in this case you mm. just just because francis for coppola did it is not is not doesn't mean you'll be able to do it <laughs> under the same even under the same circumstances it's just you need to factor in so many elements is always best to be just prepared because yeah it, stress the stress of your first day is a real thing you're gonna go there and you're gonna be paralyzed and uh if your crew starts feeling that mm -hmm. uh, then they'll start doubting you and all of that is just yes if one from one side if i really feel like you know dream is what uh you know dreams is what moves us forward right uh progress mm -hmm. is the realization of utopias on the other hand you gotta be a little bit realistic you gotta know what you're doing once again preparation is key i can't say that's enough absolutely and i mean you're right i mean moving on to talk about the actual shoot kind of itself um yeah it's the amount of stuff which is actually happening on any given time on the shoot even for like a you know we, we had a sort of average size crew i guess you know we still had people for all the different positions and stuff so but even like the number of people who are going around and doing different stuff um and we we you know we had a good we had a really good uh you know first ad and uh hope who was keeping stuff on track and everything but even then there's so many unexpected things will happen Shout out to hope robinson hope robinson yes very good job and you know ariel who's our uh production yes, manager ariel Liu. Ariel Liu. Thank, thank you so much yeah both both did i mean everyone did a great job uh, everyone was great they, they really the amount of work keeping things on track during the day that was one of the main things in in the shoot and, and i was going to just say to you like i mean one of the other things we got lucky with locations but we were dealing with small locations so i didn't actually oh, see yes. that much of the shoot because i a lot of the time i was crammed into a corner in my own hallway <laughs> in the dark just yeah. literally crammed in there thinking shit i need to use the bathroom wait i can't use the bathroom because i'm gonna have to push past 10 people to get there and wait, but we oh, did have the monitor at least we had a monitor in my kitchen everything yeah. like that so we could shoot in the living room and then you would go around and have a look at the monitor <laughs> in the kitchen stepping over people and then and me sitting there as well taking please don't please don't bash my flat <laughs> yeah I was, I was i was scared for you i was thinking oh man <sighs> I, I you're doing already such a big favor i don't want to trash your apartment and another thing is just you even if you tell people please yeah. don't do this they'll still do it like in the heat of the moment they'll still do it they'll, just... still, they'll still do stuff and everything but yeah. um but it, it's just i mean it, this is a kind of pre-production and shooting thing i guess but the importance of having like places for people to get changed you, you know people to do where oh, to do yeah. makeup everything like that so even if you think oh i found a great location i've got this um i don't know flat to shoot in in our case 
you still then have to think about, okay, where's everyone's coat going to go? Where's everyone's shoes going to go? Where's the actress going to get changed? Where are we going to do makeup? Where are we going to do hair? And, you know, we've, we've mentioned continuity and the importance of continuity is huge. Uh, and then that kind of, you, you need some space for somebody like the makeup person, at least to be able to, huge. Yes. to see how things are going and everything that the costumes, everything. So, but, um, but for yourself as well, I mean, because you were acting in it um, as well, that must've been, you know, that must've been, you know, an added layer of added layer of challenge, I think. Right. Cause when you were shooting, yeah, it was, so we're saying we had the monitor in one room we had, so you weren't able to watch stuff at the same time. So it was a case of going it's back true, through yes. and seeing how happy you were with it. So how was that? That was, uh, there was a jarring experience. I, I didn't say this. I started as an actor at first. I did uh, okay. when I was a kid. I was, was an actor uh, in nothing special, just a theater. And, uh, I and didn't then. Know that. I never, uh, you know, oh, yeah. That's, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, I started as an actor. I thought, I thought and, it was uh, just vanity that you were putting yourself in. The oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so okay. much you were thinking to yourself, this director is just the worst. <laughs> like, look, he wants to be everything. Yeah, uh, no, it's just uh, I started as an uh, I started as an actor since I was a kid. I always wanted okay. to be an actor, and then I gravitated towards writing for uh, for reasons that I'll get into. I mean, I, okay, I'm gonna get into it right now. I'm gonna make it very brief. Very just very brief. Super brief. My mom told me that's acting. That's never gonna happen. And I was like, okay, oh, okay. you know, my mom is always right. So I guess it's <laughs> and and I was. I, I love to read and uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I grew up with my, mostly with my grandmother and mm -hmm. uh, she, in the bathroom, uh, she would, she would always leave this, uh, this magazine, there were magazines that were, yeah, almost like magazines, uh, news, little newspapers. Like or that, uh, the, yeah, there you go, journals at mm -hmm. the bookstore, uh, bookstores would, would send her. Okay. And these journals just they just would have the latest selections of books they got okay. with their bestsellers, and uh, they would put pictures of the of the book of the mm. book cover, right? Which is always very inviting. Uh, most of the books I almost choose them because of the cover, and then they would add like a little summary of the of the book next to it. So mm -hmm. while I was uh, doing my private business, I would normally read this journal. Uh, you know this journal with all the books and all that and i mean i was very young and i thought wait there are way less uh famous and uh, yeah famous and top of the list mm -hmm. books than there are famous actors okay. therefore yeah. it's gonna be much easier to become a famous writer than <laughs> it is to become a famous actor so it's a dream so, of fame basically <laughs> no, just because I was, I was thinking, if I become an accomplished writer slash famous, mm -hmm. nobody's ever going to say no to me when I want to do my acting. Okay, I get you. Yeah. Uh, just insanity. But uh, that's how I actually start. I started writing, and mm -hmm. uh, and then I got the, the bug for it, and I, mm -hmm. I I I mean I wrote wrote uh, all the way to, into university and. Uh, uh, that's I transitioned into. That's how I went from acting. I always, I never stopped acting, but then I transitioned into mm -hmm. writing. And finally, when I was doing, when I was in London, and I started actually doing method acting. I, okay. I, I was taking some um, some night courses for. Uh, do you call it night courses? If it's a night, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Then night courses for <laughs> method acting. And, I didn't know uh, any of this. That's very. That's, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I mean, you did a good job in the. You did a good job in the film anyway, which was, I was very interested to see on the first day, you know, because I hadn't really seen you do stuff before, so I didn't. I genuinely did not know any of that. So, oh yeah, well, yeah that, that was it actually. But sorry, I just wanted to say that thanks to the method acting classes, mm. then. Um, yeah, which which I would do while I was studying and working. So it wasn't mm -hmm. it wasn't like a real academy. It was just yeah. um, some courses. And I was always thinking, I would I would think more and more. Okay, I I would like to do this in this way instead mm -hmm. of the directions that the, the teacher would give us. And okay. that's and that's how I slowly but surely got into the idea of directing. For me, directing a has. The mo it's the position with the most creative control over the mm -hmm. film because yeah. acting you have control of your body 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's you have control over your performance. That's what you are controlling. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then you know, if you are the if you are the composer, you have control over the music, and if you are the cinematographer, over the look of the film and all that. But everything comes down from the director, which is the best. You know, the, the only way I feel like as a as a sorry, not the only way, but the most complete way as a storyteller mm-hmm. you can have to uh, to tell a story and. Uh, that was that was basically it. But just to answer your question, mm. to 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 act, <laughs> circling back to the question, <laughs> <laughs> to act was was actually quite jarring because I mm. had to be, I had to both be into the character, yeah, at the, and then when uh, when the the cut would be called and I would the way the way I would do it normally would just be I would stay in the character just a little bit longer mm-hmm. than I thought. Uh, I would tell myself, okay, like while I was while I was acting, I would tell myself, here I should be cutting, mm-hmm. and I would force myself to stay into the character for a little bit longer, and then I would just naturally go out of go out of the the role, uh, yeah. more or less, trying to still stay a little bit in character, go watch the the the, the shot we mm-hmm. we had taken, see if there was anything to change, yeah. and then go back. What I have to underline, by the way, that was key to have confidence in both my uh, first AD, Hope yeah, Robinson, yeah, yeah. and the uh, cinematographer, Hong Chang. Mm-hmm. I would have never been able to do it mm-hmm. without the trust I put it on them. I knew they were going to do a great job. I knew Hong was going to do, uh, to, to, you know, to take the best shot ever with the mm-hmm. most significance and uh, do it. Yeah, I, I knew I could trust him, that mm-hmm. if there was something wrong, he would take me by the side and be and tell me, "Yeah, listen, this is not working. Yeah. We are not. We are missing something here." Same for Hope Robinson. I knew that she would make sure everybody was ready and everybody was the as she did. Yeah, everybody was ready and everybody uh, was on board, knowing what was going to happen and that. And so it just let me let me be free to be in the role and then go yeah. out, be a director and all that. So first AD, everybody obviously did a great job. But I get, I'll have to single out in this case for this for this case mm-hmm. in particular, Hong Chang, the cinematographer, and uh, Hope Robinson, the first AD. Without them, I w- wouldn't have been able to do it. No, absolutely, and that, that was one of the, the main things I was doing. Um, you know, during when the shoot was going on, was looking at timekeeping uh, with Hope and stuff like that, and figure and her then having because what she was having to do then was having to look at like the list of shots for the day. And figuring out, okay, we're running a bit over. Maybe this one can't be done. And then having those conversations with you about it. So yeah, I mean, even if you hadn't been acting in it, um, yeah, you can't overvalue how important it is to have a good uh, first AD and a strong first AD who who's you know who can say to the, the director, "We have to go faster. We're gonna we're not gonna oh, have time yes. for the shot. We're not gonna be able to do this now." That's really because you know as a producer, that wasn't really my it wasn't really my area. I mean, a lot of my work was. Once we, as soon as we started shooting everything, like that my my work just a lot of it just became worrying after that. Just making sure <laughs> things didn't go wrong. But, you know that's sort of that, you know for a lot of producers that that's kind of you might not even be on the set when you're shooting and stuff like that. Um, and you know it was it was just a stress time for me just seeing what was happening. But, you know it was very interesting as well because it was my first first time on a proper set like that. So. But yeah, have, hope, hope did a fantastic job of keeping things on track and everything. And we did, we, you know, we did actually manage to get all the, you know, pretty much all the main shots, right? There was a couple of all, things all changed. That we yeah. wanted, we got it. Yeah, yeah. we ha- we were in a big rush, but we got it. Also, I want to add, by the way, that mm. I was always glad that you um, that of how you behaved uh, during the the shooting, actually, because I've especially in film school, I mm. had the experience of producer that when that when you are shooting they want to direct with you next to you <laughs> and i was definitely and i me. was thinking man that was if this happens uh it's gonna add so much more stress and actually i i, I'm, I was really glad that once you know once your work was done and yeah. you had done everything in your power to do to make sure everything was ready you were actually mm. also able to be like okay now you know it's your turn do do what you gotta do and i'm not gonna interfere and add more stress and actually i know you were helping me behind the scenes with uh with like if there was anything to be taken care of in terms of organization mm. financially and, and as you said working with uh, 
uh, a hope and all that. So actually, I was very glad for that. I was thinking about while while shooting. I was like, yeah, thank, thankfully James is not you know one of those. Uh, let's co-direct this film. That's going to be one of the most important things for a producer, though, is to help reduce the stress, you know, yes. on, on the director. And like you say, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are, you know, a lot of producers um, who might be like backseat directors or who, who want to have that kind of impact on it. But how do, you know, why I, do I we do stressed. it this way? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was I was already stressed enough. <laughs> so getting involved in that would have been ludicrous to me. I mean, I just like I say, cramped into a small corner or when we were shooting at the, the second location your other place I was kind of like cramped outside and I couldn't I mean to finish off talking about the shooting thing I just wanted to talk about the the smoke machine <laughs> <laughs> Jesus I was so glad we didn't have to use a smoke machine at my flat because it was wow Man, one they, they, day remember it, one day we even left down for too long yes I and, do remember and, yeah. and there was such a such a thick mist we couldn't see anything. You couldn't. I, I was sitting out. I was outside, like, looking through the. We, we were kind of like on the ground floor, so there was kind of like glass patch of doors, and I was outside having a you know having a drink from my hip flask to calm my nerves, and I couldn't <laughs> see. I couldn't see inside. All I could just no, see was this wall of smoke inside. And I said, and Jesus, the perpy inside, and then oh, this is, it's a miracle I, nobody got some. I remember of. that day. I'm th in that moment. I'm talking with our great main actress June Chikawa. Yeah, and. Uh, and she and all of a sudden, so we are in this small room. We are we're chatting a little bit about the scene that is coming up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, are you ready? She goes, yes, yes, I'm ready. And I told her, I'm gonna give you like five more minutes. You know, mm -hmm. take your time. Tell me when when you're absolutely relaxed. I go, I walk outside, and I just walk into this pure whiteness. Oh, and I'm Jesus. thinking, what the hell is going on? And I have the gaffer, great guy, coming up to me. Uh, and saying and saying, oh sorry, yeah, there was there's been a mess up with the with the with the with the smoke machine. We gotta wait a little bit, open some windows. And like, oh, okay, yep. And then we opened the window too much, so all the mist went out. So we had to start again from the beginning. It was just whatever. I mean, you live and you learn. No, we, we still got through, but I mean, I I couldn't even get the smell out of my jacket and stuff like that. If I had any hair, it would have been in my hair. You know, it was just so and, much smoke. Jesus. And, I mean, this is going to be more the stuff maybe for another time, maybe for the Q&A that we will do. But remember, also, we will have to talk about when everybody was getting sick. There was that virus going around. That's right. Of course, there was like a norovirus bug going around. A lot of people were getting like bad stomachs and like a heavy flu and stuff like yeah, that. that was... or, or maybe it was the maybe it was the early stages of the coronavirus. Yeah, but just a weird corona that would just make you puke. But uh, make I mean, you well, puke everything. We were, we were, we were, we were very lucky. We kind of survived that part of it as well. Yeah, but you got sick. Been... I got sick. I and I yep. did. I told. I remember. I got sick, and I told myself, "Man, if you're a bitch right now, like you're gonna die to die today yeah. here. You're gonna die instead of going back home and saying and saying, uh, you know, and saying." Okay, let let's let's quit it for tonight. You're gonna die mm. instead of doing that. And uh, well, we pulled it through, but that was another stress. But Do you remember not, there was Elizabeth I, who couldn't come? The actress, yeah, yeah, of course. Mm. Jesus, I, I pushed that out of my memory for stress. <laughs> yeah, like not gonna think about it. <laughs> but it's a, but I mean, it's not it's not something you can plan for. But again, that's where you know we kept to my prep. But we that, that's a, you have to sometimes think about. Okay, we can't shoot this one. We're gonna be like two hours late because somebody's indisposed so you know have a backup plan for what else you can shoot if you just have yes. a completely rigid shooting plan and there's no way around it then yeah you're running a much higher risk when you're going like that but but yeah we got it we got it done everything and we've talked a bit about post-production already so yeah just to sort of wrap no, up oh, by the way sorry i gotta give us then a shout out to our amazing editor patrick miles widop Okay, amazing fantastic. guy did uh, did uh, the short film uh, mm -hmm. it was great to work with and uh, I'll, I'll hope i'll be able to work with him again just yeah great cool. guy no no what's no, cool. up he's the man <laughs> but i was gonna say we got it so we got it cut we got it done everything fine so 
This kind of circles back just a few sort of last things. I mean, obviously what we're doing with it now is putting it into festivals and getting accepted yes. to festivals, which is exactly, fantastic. Yeah. We get those we're laurels, getting a really nice response from it. Which is fantastic. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I think like we, you know, a lot of the, the, the prep and the, the stuff went into two other key areas, you know, the getting good camera equipment and getting a good cast. Uh, and that's kind of where the budget went, but you can see the results on screen. But uh, I think what this kind of circles back to um, is something we touched on at the start, just saying that, you know, this idea of like, why to, why make a short? Uh, and, it, and for us, it's kind of a mixture of, you know, the short itself, but also like as a way of like, hopefully getting the feature made, everything like that, because if, yes. you don't if you don't have something to show people, I mean, more and more for, you know, especially for, um, you know, for young directors like yourself or first time directors, you know, the, the, if you have absolutely nothing to show, investors other producers you know financiers and everything like that then you know you're starting off without you know, without any context for, for why people should support you and stuff so it's, it's fantastic we're getting into well, the festivals but you know that that, that was it, always one of the key aims for making the short it's true i i actually gotta say i gotta say something about this is um mm-hmm. one thing that probably like i guess i've noticed this a lot uh, with uh, my ex-classmates in film schools is that this idea that the film industry is just waiting for you yeah, and how exactly. great you are mm-hmm. to come along and tell them and like just tell them the amazing idea you're gonna have and they're gonna be like oh my god you're the second coming of christ here take our, all our money <laughs> it's not true like Completely. nobody cares yeah it's just, uh, everybody just wants people. to know what you can do and if you can do it successfully I'm, nobody I'm, cares no, about the amazing and, ideas you have and even still like in other um projects which i've almost worked on and stuff like that absolutely there's a lot of people still don't seem to really realize that you, you have to have something to show people, whether it's a show reel, proof of concept, short film, fake trailer, you know, something. I mean, the film industry is just, you know, so different to say where it was like 30 years ago. Where... And everybody's confident. Like everybody yep. in, the fir- in, the, in the first meetings, when you first meet them, especially mm-hmm. in the movie industry, everybody's confident. Everybody's doing great. Yeah. So you can't really trust it. You just no, need no, to, okay, I'm... you're like, yeah, great. Show me what you've done. I, absolutely. And if you have a nice looking brochure and you don't have anything to show them, you know, good luck. I mean, you, <laughs> you're not really going to get anywhere with that. So it's, uh, that's, that's one of the other things I think, which kind of um, initially you know, attracted me on with the project. What was that kind of realistic uh, approach to this everything? Cause you know, we, we've made a film, which is a genre film and it's not horror, but it's suspense and everything. So yeah. it's, it's but drama it's, as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's lots of good stuff in there, but it's I, I, I thought that was good, you know, this idea that we were making this, you know, with a view to what was coming next, you know, the, the next steps and everything, because I think it's quite easy as well for some filmmakers to get trapped in that cycle of making shorts, you know. Oh, yeah, exactly. We talked about it. I mean, we, we, we should do just an, an entirely new episode podcast episode <laughs> about, about short making yeah the, about yes why we have decided not to make shorts anymore if we yes. can avoid it and we will avoid it but it is uh, that was that, that's true we uh, yes i mean we'll talk about another time but it's just uh, it, it is that was also another thing that was, why this film was so important to be made absolutely and, uh, yeah for, for this and next yeah, step I mean, and... right now exactly like early stages of development we are courting some big actresses there yeah. might be some interest mm-hmm. so you know we, we are getting things done and we would have never been able to be in this position yeah. if we hadn't been realistic about preparation yes if we hadn't exactly. had amazing people working mm-hmm. on it and uh yes if we hadn't pulled it through obviously with like pure grit i guess yeah absolutely and i guess that's kind of the the final thing to say but for, for somebody who's looking at making a short low budget film for anything is to sort of figure to yourself actually why do you want to do this because you're going to go through such a <laughs> you know it's a good result at the end but you're going to go through a very long process and a very stressful yes. process so you have to really so decide what, why do you want to do it you know and so I, I thought it was great that we had this clear goal um you know it's great to get into festivals and stuff afterwards but you know the main thing was this was almost like it's sort of time investment a financial investment for you know something in the future yes. everything and it's fantastic for directors who love to make shorts because they love doing shorts or you know they they're not interested in making features that's completely fine but um i i think for some other people who seem to get trapped in a, a cycle of just making more and more shorts and stuff like that whereas i think it doesn't you know unless you're 
winning mad awards at Cannes and things like that for shorts, then you can't really make any money off shorts. I guess no, is it, where I was going with that. I mean, not that we're trying to, which is good, but there's very, very limited options to actually make any money back. So you, if you're going to do a short or if you're going to do anything low budget, you better have a good reason and a lot of stubbornness and passion. Exactly. Or you're just rich. Then do whatever you want. We don't talk about those great. people. We don't talk about, we don't <laughs> yeah. talk about those rich <laughs> bastards. We, we, exactly. we, we sort of load them and, and jealous <laughs> in equal measures. Because exactly. we're, you know, we're not rich. Uh, that's that's why at the moment like, recording this, I'm drinking uh, Tesco's own zesty white wine. Oh man, don't tell me! I don't even know what I'm drinking. <laughs> but you didn't pay a lot for it, though, right? No, no, no. Exactly. As, as cheap as it could get. Like, <laughs> you can actually feel the cheapness. You know, you know when you're drinking something and you're like, this, this no. tastes like plastic. That's I can one. feel, I can feel the cheapness of this wine on my teeth. <laughs> anyway but that's but that's great so thank you very much kia and thank um, you so much for for having me it was great no no of course man uh it's a pleasure as always to have a chat and yeah there will be kia will be appearing in some other podcast episodes including one talking about the friday the 13th series which, yes. which i'm sure will be very interesting to a lot of people and and yeah you can follow the old civilian on social media as well you know it's yes. on the Facebook, the Instagram, everything. So you can keep up to date with where it may be screening online or in person. And yeah, hope you've enjoyed this chat and everything. And yeah, subscribe to the Whiskey Bikini Suspense Show podcast. Sorry, the Whiskey Bikini Suspense Show podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this chat. And yeah, thank you very much, Kia. Thank you. Whiskey Bikini. Whiskey, Whiskey Bikini. bikini. Whiskey, whiskey bikini, bikini. whiskey, whiskey bikini. bikini.